This is the kind of thing that I bring when I go on road trips, because I'm obsessed with eating. I should love it, just getting messy, being silly, and, you know, being able to, I used to, like, ride my bike around country roads. <laughs> I was a bit feral. Like, my little brother and sister definitely inspired me because they were constantly on TikTok, constantly on social media. And I was like, oh, hello, <laughs> give me attention. Um, I'm cool too. So then I was like, oh, I might, I might have a go at this. This is Show on the Road, brought to you by Autotrader. We're driving famous faces on a personalised road trip visiting the places that help shape them and hearing how the locations turn them into who they are today. We've matched each celebrity with a car chosen specifically for them. So, join me, Alex Legui, as we get this show on the road. I'm going to have to find a drive through after this next chat as I've got a feeling this conversation is going to make me hungry. Today's guest is Poppy O'Toole. She's a chef with more than 4 million social media followers, having made a name for herself as the Potato Queen, thanks to a huge variety of potato recipes. Since then, she's gone from strength to strength. Among other things, she's a co-host of BBC Three's Young Master Chef. Poppy's followers might have come for the potato recipes, but they stay for her warm, upfront and funny approach to cooking. We're about to go for a drive in the surrounding areas of Bromsgrove, where Poppy grew up, and the car we've matched her with is a smart for two pure. No way. <laughs> this is amazing! You like? Is this for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Come in. my god! I love little toy smart cars. They're, They're the best. So cute. Oh my god! Oh my god! Thank you. This Pleasure. is brilliant. Hi. <laughs> it's so dinky. It's so dinky. I love it. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. I have always just loved these. There was one car that I always wanted when I was younger. Right. And I still haven't got one. I don't know why. Oh. I'm well excited. Have you had a good day so far? Yes, thank you. It's a bloody lovely day, isn't it? I know. Should we go on a... OK, let's go on go a on journey. I've got snacks. Uh, yeah, it's a, a bag of snacks. There's a whole bag of snacks. So I don't know if you want to share some snacks, but this is my kind of... If I'm going on an adventure, I pack too many things. OK. And what sort of things are on your in your snack list? OK, so we start off with the um, best sandwich you could ever have. Right. <laughs> which is a crisp sandwich. A crisp sandwich? Yeah. So I've of got... Of course, going with the potato Absolutely. Thing. So I've got bread and butter, because you can't make a crisp sandwich too early. OK. Because the crisps go soggy in the butter. So we've got bread and butter, and then we've got our crisps to add to it. So and that what flavour crisps? I'm a salt and vinegar. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh my god, all over. Yeah. I mean, sometimes a prawn cocktail if I'm feeling a bit, yeah, a bit extra. But mainly a salt and vinegar kind of gal, me. So we're on the outskirts of Alva Church. Yes. Why here? So I went to middle school here, and then kind of this is where my family lives around. It's all kind of like similar areas they're yeah. all quite close to each other where everyone is um, a lovely little village and this is just outside of it one of my first jobs here so who was little poppy basically exactly the same right um also food obsessed and just i went back to my school my middle school to go and do a talk one of the pupils asked oh what were you like at school um and i was like i don't know i think i was quite outgoing i think i was quite funny and then 
<laughs> my old teacher went, yeah, she was a very awkward um, and different student. And I was wow. like, oh, I've got a whole different impression to what I thought I was like. But yeah, I think in terms of that, I was quite um, outgoing, but in a, I don't know. I don't know what the kind of thought in a different way. You know, I didn't really care about what anyone else was doing or thinking or well that sounds opinion. pretty healthy to me <laughs> yeah but I don't know if I took that a bit too far I didn't just didn't care about anything at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fair enough do you have fond memories of growing up yeah absolutely I'd love to go back <laughs> do it all again I think. would you yeah really good fun I just had just random wild things going on all the time like I'd be playing in mud I'd be in puddles Again, would love to do that now, but it's not quite as socially acceptable for a 30-year-old <laughs> to be doing it. I should love it. Just getting messy, being silly, and, you know, being able to... I used to, like, ride my bike around country roads. <laughs> I was a bit feral. <laughs> so was it quite a nice area to grow up? Yeah, it's a lovely place. It's really, really nice. It's got lots of parks, lots of green areas. Um, teenager years kind of went in towards Bromsgrove. That's where all my friends were. So, um... It was only there's only a couple of us really from like Alf Church side mm-hmm. in our friendship group, so we would always just be in Bromsgrove at that point. But it was yeah lovely. There's, it's all you know. There was like a little bakery, little butchers, and uh, me and my family were obsessed with you know cooking. Uh, so we'd always be at the butchers and always be doing that sort of stuff. So we were just always in the village. Nice. Love a little village. Yeah, nice. What's it like to come back? Oh, I love it. I'm all, I'm regularly back now. So you we, are? Yes, I don't live too far away. I live in Birmingham now, so I'm always, always around. It's just, it just feels nice to be here. We can be near my family, like my little brother and sister, mm. both of our families, my partner's Tom's family anyway. And it's just kind of, just more relaxing. Yeah. And you've got doggies. And you've got lots of doggies now, yeah. I've got too many dogs. Uh, we've got three dogs now. We've got two pugs. One is nine and called Kipper. One is seven and called Crypto. And now we've got a puppy German Shepherd who is a few weeks old. Well, 14 weeks old. Oh, so it's just too cute. I'm so excited. He's he's called Red and he is absolutely adorable. Were you uh, an animal person when you were growing up? Yeah, obsessed with animals. I've always been obsessed with dogs. Um, I used to pretend I was a dog very regularly, Um, but like to a point where my mum had to actually stop me because I would eat out of a bowl on the floor, I'd drink water out of a bowl on the floor. We didn't have dogs. My nan and granddad had a Doberman, but yeah, I've always been, but like an unhealthy obsession with them. I love them. Yeah. Just more than anything else. Any dog. Yeah, I do. They're so cute. This is really nice around here. It's beautiful, isn't it? There's the canals. The canals are great. Yeah. I love a canal. There's canal boats over there. So what? Where? Tell me more about where we are. So we are now in Bark Green. Okay. And it's a bit posh, actually. I think even footballers live here. Oh. So can you describe this area for us? So this is another little village. It's very green and rural as well we've got reservoirs we've got canals a couple of local pubs and this was where my first school was and it is this is where again a lot of my friends and family are around here right um and it's just this is prevalent in my life i think barn green is one of those places 
And my grandparents used to live not too far, just, you know, in, yeah, basically in Barn Green. Is this where you worked in the pub in Barn Green, or...? No, so I... I never worked anywhere in Barn Green. It's too posh for me, Barn Green. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I worked at a care home in Alf Church, which we go through kind of yeah, Barn Green Yeah, we're going to go it. there. Yeah. But this pub that I think we're going to, called the Barn Green Inn, was a staple in my everyday life. Ah. My mum and her friends spent a lot of time here. And my uncle, everyone, my nan, my granddad, this was like the place to be. Ah, the Barnt Green Inn. Yes. It's changed a few times. When I was younger, it used to be a Toby Carvery. That's an amazing building. It's incredible, isn't it? I don't know what it like used to be. Sorry, I'm literally videoing it because... Yeah. I don't know what it actually used to be back, back, back in the day. But we spent a lot of time in here and really brilliant memories. It was so much fun. It sounds like you have some really lovely memories of your childhood. Yes, really, really good. Basically, just causing chaos with adults. It was yeah. great. I used to do cartwheels around the front of here. Like, Aww. just literally. This is all great fodder for your TikTok videos. I hope that you're doing cartwheels and yeah. um, <laughs> dances, you know. as basi- You were just basically in rehearsal for TikTok yeah. as a child. That was, li- that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a very different TikTok channel. <laughs> So tell me more about this area and where we're going next. Okay, so I was working in a care home in Alf Church, which is just not far from where my uh, grandparents used to live. But they passed away at this point, but it wasn't very... It was just literally on the same road. Um, and I was working in a pub as well. So I think we are en route to the care home. How old were you when you were here? I must have been about 16, maybe. And I was here for about a year or so. And I cried when I handed in my, like, resignation. Oh, really? Because I, I hate letting people down. And I was like, I'm so sorry I've let you down. But this was, um, yeah, this was just mad. I used to um, run home from school. Uh, well, not even run home. I'd have a bag in the, in the car, come straight here, do my shift here. Kind of always be late here because I was having tea and watching the chase. It's kind of an excuse to sit down, and then I'd go to my second job, and that was like every night. Oh wow! So that's that's what I mean when I clocked out of school. Like I was like, I'm not doing my work. I'm just going to go to work and make money, yeah. and sit with old people and drink tea. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I really like what you said about, you know, that realization as well that food brings people together, and it's so yeah. true, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That was. I always kind of thought that, but when I was here, it really made a difference. Mm. Like, you can just see the normality of it. Food, you know, everyone does it every single day, but if you take some time whilst you're eating to chat, or, you know, it can be something special and it can make a massive difference. And that's where I just kind of realized that food was definitely my love language for anybody. Yeah, that's really nice. It's definitely something worth doing. And, and I think if anyone is, you know, looking to do something that makes them feel like a good person, it's definitely getting in and looking after older people. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sad but very, very fulfilling. That's why I, I loved having conversations with them because they don't, they don't care who I was. It no. wasn't like a thing. They just 
wanted to tell me their story and I was like yeah tell me absolutely Gladys go for it yeah. and and we just get some rackers as well a lot of them did have dementia mm. so it would just be wild like random stories just going off on curveballs and be like yeah go on yeah tell me more what are you like what then what happened and that it was just exciting to yeah. for them as well it was just really good fun and I make a mean cup of tea so they're always happy about that as well one good thing is that my partner is very good at remembering everything so he can remember all the stories from when I was there or, and stuff and then has to remind me and I'm like who what and he knows it all. You've been together for a while then? Yes, we've been together since school. No! Yeah, we we, um, we met at high school and kind of, yeah, eventually got together when we were 16. Oh my god! So we've been together for like 13 years. Oh know? my word, I haven't done anything for 13 years. That is like <laughs> serious committed. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It's like it's quite nice growing up together. Yeah. Because now we know every we know every single detail yeah. of everything that we've ever done, which is lovely. Oh, that's so nice. Gosh, so he's really seen your journey as well then. Yeah. It's been wild. Yeah. Absolutely wild. And he's been a big part of it as well in terms of, you know, helping and and pushing me to do it because it was never never meant to be. Like, I never realised yeah. this was going to be my life. Yeah, it was, you know, working in kitchens. I'd worked my way up to junior sous chef. And then, because of the pandemic, lost my job. Yeah. Like a lot of people. And he was kind of the one who was like, oh. Like, my little brother and sister definitely inspired me because they were constantly on TikTok can't see on social media and I was like oh hello <laughs> give me attention um I'm cool too so then I was like oh I might, I might have a go at this and he was like you you should be doing yeah go on make a recipe do something and then he kind of pushed me in the right direction with it a lot and eventually well he's ve he's much better at editing videos than me so I, it take it used to take me a very very long time to edit a video for for my socials and now I'm like <laughs> Babe, <laughs> he's on that now for me. That's incredible. Which is amazing. Useful. Very useful. Yeah, we'll come into detail about your TikTok shortly. But we are now in what looks like a very beautiful little village. Yeah, this is Barn Green Village. This is Huel Lane, where all the high street. My school, my first school, was just down there, and I used to basically make my mom <laughs> very demanding child. <laughs> I used to be like, Mum, I'm not going to school unless you get me a three cooks ham and coleslaw sandwich on the Brilliant. way to school. Oh, there it is. There's that ham and coleslaw. Yeah, that's where it again. came through. So it used to be here, I think, just there. Okay. Now I think it's oh, a butcher's. But that used to be my, like, obsession. I'd make contracts the night before going to school. I'd write them up because at one point I wanted to be a lawyer. Right, first of all, contracts saying what? Saying I'm... <laughs> <laughs> saying two... To my mom, I'd put her name in, her full name. Uh, put my name in. Uh, will not be attending school unless the certain uh, rules are followed or something. I can't remember what I used to put. A three cooks ham and coleslaw sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I used to demand a Red Bull. Oh wow! Yeah, wild. This was when I was like seven. I was just naughty, really naughty, and like a crunchy or something like. It'd be like proper demanding of what I wanted. And then, yeah, make, make her sign it the night before. Um, and then I think she'd go, yeah, yeah, 
go to bed. <laughs> like, because I'd be like, I'm only going to bed and going to school if you sign this. Yeah. So yeah, so I used to do that and then make a, you know, go through with it the next day and, be, and bring out the contract saying you signed this last night. I must have got her to do it at like, you know, when like half asleep. And be yeah. like, mum, sign this, I need it for tomorrow. And then just not tell her what it was. So yeah, or, or it would be a Mackey's breakfast. Well, that's fair. Before school, I'd yeah, be like, okay. no, I'm going to go and get my double sausage egg McMuffin, sweetie, let's go. Everything revolved around food. I just love eating food. Yeah, love OK, it. so we don't want to digress too much, but were you always thinking about food and, and pleasures of food? Yeah. And, and yeah. what sort of things you wanted to it's eat and stuff? always been my my thing. You enjoyed just, eating it. I enjoy it. it. I yeah. enjoy... I used to go to school with... I used to try and find the most different fruit I'd ever seen. Like, so pomegranate was like a whole, like it blew my mind, pomegranate did, because I'd never seen anything like it. So I'd go, I'd be like, mom, can I take a pomegranate in? She'd be like, you sure you want to take a whole pomegranate in school? Yeah. So I'd go in purely to be like, guys, look at this pomegranate. Like I love experiencing food and showing people food and stuff. Wow. So that was, so I'd be like there, one by one individually picking out pomegranates and trying to feed my friends and a lot of them be like oh no because it, it looks weird like as a if you've never seen it before so yes yeah, so i used to do that or, or just dragon fruit yes. kumquats physalis i used to go with random stuff because i just find them in the supermarket and be like i want to take this into school and eat it are you the chef yeah each I'm, evening are you the one that cooks yeah but you know what i'm really bad now <laughs> because because I'm always cooking potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times, and especially with some of the recipes that I do, they're sometimes not full dishes in some ways. It can just be like, oh, the best roast potato or the best this. Um, so sometimes we end up just literally for dinner having like a bowl of mash or, or a bowl of roast potatoes. So where are we now? Okay, so now we are entering Bromsgrove, uh, and this is where I went to high school, and this is like the hub of of everything in my life, I suppose. We're going towards my second job, right. which I was working at at the same time as I was at the care home, and used to run to, literally, and be late to everything, because I'd be just, I'm a very late person in general. I'm not good at timekeeping which again, wouldn't be great for a lawyer, so. No. Also not great for a chef, I was gonna though. say, it's not ideal, probably, for a chef. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to a pub called The Queen's Head, which I used to work at, and actually my partners have worked there as well for a small time. And I started off as a waitress, then I became bar person, and then I eventually begged my way into the kitchen. So getting into an actual kitchen was, very exciting for me to see I suppose again it was to see if I really wanted to do this because I loved being front of house I loved it what was it like then to sort of take that step up to the uh, the kitchen you know in that sort of environment terrifying absolutely terrifying I um I begged and pleaded and they were like mm, no and then eventually I, I took in a, a tart I made a uh, salted caramel and chocolate and pecan tart. Wow. And I was like, try this and tell me I shouldn't come and get into the kitchen. And they were like, all right, just shut up and get in the kitchen. <laughs> so eventually oh, wow. I was allowed in. Um, and then it just went from there. So then 
you know, it was very, it was very pub food. It was like Scotch eggs. It was um, sandwiches. It was steak baguettes, you know, proper like pub grub. Then one day they left me to do the whole, I think the chef didn't turn up or something. I did the whole service on my own. It was the worst day of my life. Mm -hmm. It was hell. I was 18, 17 or 18 in a kitchen, just getting tickets, it was a sunny day. And I was like, what am I doing here? This is just not fun. Um, and I went down, I went so down. Like it was taking like half an hour to an hour for people to get a sandwich because it was just oh, chaos. Oh, it was horrible. Um, but really quite good fun at the same time. I kind of loved the thrill of it. Um, but it was, I had to like, I had to basically talk my way out of getting fired. <laughs> I was like, you left me in a kitchen yeah. with no help. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I was like, I'm not qualified to be doing this. Um, and eventually then they were fine with me, but I was like, oh God. Yeah, so that's where, that's where I kind of learned those sort of skills. And the chefs did look after me. They used to teach me stuff. Um, and I kind of started looking at doing apprenticeships whilst I was there and stuff. So that was, that was it. So talk to me about TikTok. How did that come about? So this is mad to think. So I was working in London. Obviously things were happening in 2020 and it was terrible. I remember it just being really scary and listening to the news and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I lost my job and that was like, okay, fine, cool. Lost my job. It's going to be all right. And then it was like, and we're going into lockdowns, all this sort of stuff. So I called my mom <laughs> and I was like, mom, please, can you come and pick us up? And we went back and my little brother and sister were literally just constantly on their phones. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you being so boring? Come and talk to me. And I started literally watching what they were watching. I was like, oh, this is addictive. This is really good fun, actually. And it was all dances. And then one food, one cooking one came up and I was like, okay interesting you can do cooking on here I literally thought it was just silly dances um, and um, I wanted to have their attention mainly and make them think that I was kind of like mildly cool and knew what what TikTok was so we went into the kitchen I got my little sister to help me we made some churros or is it a tomato sauce I can't remember which one we made first and that was it that was where it all began and people started to enjoy it. I think I got one comment from um, a key worker at the time just saying, um, thank you for this recipe on this tomato sauce. It was a lifesaver after a hard shift at work and the family loved it. And I was like, whoa, another way to kind of connect with mm -hmm. people um, through food. And I don't even have to be there. Like, this is mad. So, so yeah, so then that kind of just carried on. And again, obviously not having anywhere to go or work I kind of felt really helpless in the whole kind of situation of it which I know a lot of people did and it was it was a very strange time wasn't it looking back it's like so bizarre and so I just carried on cooking just cooking on there and just wanted to kind of share some recipes and and you know it kind of gradually people started following and it wasn't kind of until I did a few series series I did one of like what a chef eats in a day sort of thing. So we'd then do like three recipes a day, a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, um, and people who kind of could then come and watch the recipe videos after. And it was kind of, everything was going well. It was kind of right. So I then did a recipe video that was a potato 
and it was the first recipe video I had that got a million views. And I was like, right, okay, this is huge, right? A, a million views. Um, and then we went into a second lockdown in the November of 2020. And I was like, right, well, well, the one video that's done the best I've ever done is potatoes. So let's just give the people what they want. If they want to see some spuds, I've got loads of recipes for potatoes. So I did 25 days of potatoes. And within, I started it off with, I think I had about 75,000 followers or about 100,000 followers. And then like a week in, I had like 200,000 followers. And I was like, wow, okay, people love potatoes. And then I did, on like day 20 or something, I did a compilation video, put all the recipes in the background and I just spoke over it. And I was like, I, I remember doing the voiceover a few times. I was speaking normally and I was like, it's really boring. Like me just going, hiya, this is potato, TikTok, whatever. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do just like a posh voice, hang on. And I was like, Tom, just leave me alone. Let me just, let me just do this because it's embarrassing. This is my drama GCSE D, like it's coming out. I'm going to do a voiceover. And I did like a posh voiceover it. And it just kind of worked. And I was like, yeah, that's quite funny, actually. I like that. Um, and I went, hello and welcome to Potato TikTok. And it just blew up. And overnight, I got a million followers. What? From that one video. Like, I'd kind of seen like a trend of people making like dance talk or like mm, comedy talk or something. So I just was like, let's do potato talk, <laughs> potato talk. Yeah. Um, and make this like little corner of people to like just fall in love with potatoes. And it, that was it. That was it. And then I had five more days of recipes to do and I was so scared. I was like, I've now got a million followers. These recipes need to be really good. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, because nothing I ever do is planned. I hadn't already, you know, kind of thought through what recipes I was going to do. I was just making them on the day and going, yeah, that works. That's going to be a nice recipe. Um, so it was just from there. And luckily and thankfully, people have still carried on following and enjoying the stuff, the content. Wow. Um, and now I'm at like four point something million followers on TikTok. That's hot. All of that is a mental story. It's just, it's absolutely bizarre. Your very first TikTok potato dish, what was that? Ever, ever, it was crispy cubes of potato. And I made dinner, I'd done it, like, I'd recorded my stuff for the day, so I made a dinner for myself and um, Tom, and I'd done these crispy cubes of potato. He went, did you record that? Because they're delicious, and I was like, no, I haven't yet. And he went, go record it now, go and do that again. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to make the potato. He was like, just do it. He was like, people will love this. So I made them again. Um, again, I have to give a lot of credit to Tom. He knows yeah. he knows what people want, want to see. And Tom was like, you need to record this. So I recorded them. And it's just literally small cubes of potatoes. Uh, you parboil them, you roast them off in the oven, and then you just coat them with a little bit of Parmesan and a little bit of um, parsley, salt, pepper, a bit of lemon if you fancy, a bit of garlic. Just toss them all together and that's it. So I recorded it and it, it was the first one to get a million. Amazing. And that's another way that I learned that like, oh, I want to show people even more things that yeah. would be incredible, which seems so simple. Yeah. How do you cope with any negative commenters or backlash? I had a, I had a point in the beginning, because. Like I said, like I don't like criticism. I try and make sure everything's right constantly. Um, and so 
when people started being like, that's disgusting, I was like, ah, this is the worst time. Um, and I, I couldn't quite um, separate the two things. Um, so it was like, I, I, well, and at some points I'd be like, I don't want to post this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Um, but I then had a, a, a flick of a switch, I suppose, where I was like, people are only criticizing the food, doesn't matter, like, if someone doesn't like something, that's fine. Yes, it's annoying that they think that they can say quite horrible things about it, but that's on them. Let them do their own thing, you know, and, and a lot of the time I do kind of come back as well and be like, did you try it? Have you tried yeah. it? Did you do the recipe and it didn't work? No, like, it's fine. Like, you don't need to say that, you'd, yes, you don't like this certain thing, fine. Um, but it's, I now, get to a point where I don't always read all of the comments. I was going to ask that. Um, because there's been a lot of like, you get the kind of body shaming sort of stuff. And I never thought I would be, never thought I'd be in a position where I was going to be a chef on social media. But I definitely never thought I was going to be in a position where I was going to have to be an advocate for body positivity. So what do I do with this, I guess, almost role model position that I find myself in? What yeah. do I do with this? body positivity how do how, how do I feel about it myself let yeah. alone how am I meant to yeah exactly. pass on messages right so I just couldn't I would never be able to stand there and go well yeah call me fat fine no shut up <laughs> you don't get to call anybody any horrible names so get over it and also yeah I'm a bit bigger but fine who cares? Who cares? I eat potatoes all day. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I eat roast potatoes for dinner. Um, but it's never been something that's really bothered me. But I remember the first few times I was like, oh, like I had my finger on the like post button and it's me in like a bikini. And I'm like, oh, it's a weird position. Cause I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't mind if people are looking at it, but I've never put it out there for anyone to look at and then yeah. judge me on. And it's like, Oh, and I had a few minutes where I was like, no, yes, no, yes. I was like, oh, my mom's friends, no, yes. Oh, just go, just do it. Yeah, just wow. do it because it might help somebody else who is getting that sort of treat or thinks of that way about themselves mm -hmm. and they should never think that. Um, you talk about the comments and stuff on TikTok. It, for some reason, I suddenly just thought about the fact that in any other... Any other walk of life where you you know like if you work in tv or radio or any of those things you have a support network and there would be someone that helps you you know in certain tv shows there'd be a team of people that would help yeah. the stars with their mental health dealing with things like that like there's no support is there in in the, the no. world that you're in no not really um i'm really lucky i've got obviously like my partner and like family and everything who are all and also I've always just been a cocky confident yeah. idiot half the time which is very that's part of part of what's happened but I did I did actually eventually go and get therapy oh did you <laughs> yeah um because it kind of it slipped from affecting like like just being like oh no that comment was horrible to like me being in a bad mood or me not being confident to do anything. So I was like, let's just do a little bit of work and see if it helps. And it did, it did help. It did, it just kind of 
help being like, oh, I can't control that. That's one thing I can't control is what people have to say. Mm. And that was that was really good, really good for me. Um, and then also just being able to control how much I invest into the people who are commenting as well. Yeah. And be like, the whole thing for therapy and the one big thing that I took away from it, um, I basically also got kind of like, I got dumped by my therapist as well <laughs> because I wouldn't turn up, not I wouldn't oh, turn okay. up on time. Right, right. And I was, and, and I couldn't commit constantly um, because things would, with with like this mad, weird, busy lifestyle that I have, I'd have to like at the drop of a hat be like, I'm so sorry, jobs come in, I can't, mm. I can't be there. And she was like, I think eventually she was like, I, I think come back when you've got a more more of a routine that you can actually be there. And I was like, okay, but yeah. valid. Sorry, sweet. Um, so. Uh, but the one thing, the main thing that I took away from it is there's n you can you cannot change anybody. The only thing is you can can change your outlook or your perception of what's happening. Um, but there isn't any support for anyone in social media, especially. I feel terribly sorry for the younger people yeah. as well, because yes, I'm young in a sense. I'm 29, but I have got you know my partner who I've been with for years. I've got all my friends from when I was younger. I'm, I've had many jobs. I've had loads of different life experiences. These almost children get into this and have a huge platform instantly. Mm. And it's like that, I, I couldn't deal with it when it happened to me. It was like, it was, it was mad. So to be like a teenager doing it, mm. oh, it must be terrifying. Mm. That growth yeah. over such a short space of time. Yeah, and and you know when we're back in my day when we just had Facebook, <laughs> like not everyone was documenting every single thing that they were doing, right. or or not everybody could see everything that you were doing. So it's just it's a scary it's a scary place I think for some people, for, especially for the younger generations. And I do hope there's something that can be put in place to, you know, like how you know trying to get rid of trolls and stuff like that. There needs to be something a bit stronger mm. that that is in place to help people. Because you can't just go around, and most people wouldn't go around normally in the street going, oh, you are absolutely disgusting, you should die. Like, that's like, people don't say that. No. And it's like, why do you think just because it's not face-to-face -face you can? Yeah, it's incredible, it's isn't it? Tell me about Junior MasterChef. Oh, Junior MasterChef is so good. So, we had the first season was in January this year, and it was amazing. It's basically MasterChef, but cool, because I'm on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most uncool thing anyone could ever say. Um, but it's for 18 to 24 year olds. Uh, so they could go on like the normal MasterChef, but this one, it just kind of, the tasks and the challenges fit mm. that generation. And you know, we're making delicious pizzas, we're doing social media challenges, and all of the um, cooks on there are kind of doing social media bits as well. A lot, of the, a lot of them were kind of already experimenting in it because this is a whole new world mm -hmm. where people can have a very successful career in cooking without having to go and be, you know, 70 hours a week in the kitchen. And who wouldn't want that? Especially if it's your passion and you love food. I'm all for it. What qualities do you look for in a young 
Chef? Um, willingness to learn is a big one. I think you have to be on a chef because a lot of the time you go into it and think you know what you're doing and then someone will show you there's a better way or something and you have to be able to adapt and take that on board. Um, just, it's really cliche, a passion for food or just to enjoy it or to just show, show me that you you know what you were trying to get to, even if something doesn't work. Like, you know, making mistakes and stuff, they're gonna happen, but there's that kind of wanting to be perfect almost, I suppose. And and some energy. You need spark to be a good cook. You need to be like ready to change everything up at the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got to be a problem solver, especially as a as a chef. Like problems are always happening and you've got to be able to do it so quickly that no one gets told off. So anyone who can go from a disaster to just something that's edible is, is good enough for me. I'm happy with it. And then also just knowing kind of flavours and seasonings, you know, it's one thing to give me a, a dish that's got a mild mistake in, but if you under season, that's the real big one. That's 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 the problem. <laughs> Okay, so this is Bilston Market. Is that what it's called? Yes. Beautiful Bilston Market. This place is a huge part of my childhood. Oh, wow. It's like That's a proper, proper old, old school. Yes. This is where I used to get my shoes, my clothes, my tomatoes and my pork baps. This was the place to be. And we always get a parking fine because my nan used, literally used to park in here or on these double yellows. And she'd be like, we're only running in for a second and we'd be there for hours. It's the best. It's so good. I loved it here. It used to have the best tomatoes I've ever had in my life. Um, and So my nan used to come in. So her family are all from Dudley. So we would come up and on a Thursday was when the fruit and veg market was here, I think. So my nan would actually get me out of school and me, my nan and my mum would come here, come and get her mum, so my great-grandmother, and we'd all come to Bilston Market. So it was like four generations mm. all coming to Bilston Market, and it was amazing. Gosh, so your nan was actually also quite pivotal in getting you into Huge. this world. She was a big cook. My uncle would be over on Sunday, you know, me and my mum would be there. And it would be like a big thing to have like a Sunday roast. Um, and like every night there'd be something new. She'd be getting out Delia's books and starting mm. to do something. So she was always cooking and there was always something on the stove. We'd go down the, the lanes. We'd go like just foraging for stuff and make jams. And it was like, so she really got me into the kitchen. So I'd be chopping or peeling or cooking or baking constantly just to do something. Do you want some snacks? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm yes. Okay, right. Well, well, it's a good time because we, you know, we can eat our snacks okay. as we finish would our you, episode. Would you like a crisp sandwich? Yes, please. Okay, cool. I've got salt and vinegar as well. Oh, mate, yes. My bread's got a bit squashed. That's um, fine. But it's going to be fine. So, there's some crisps for you. Thank you. Crush them up as you want. I don't know how you want your crisp okay. sandwich. Well, I don't, it's not something I've had for about 20 years. At really? Least. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be living the dream today then. This is going to be amazing. So I've got my best buttered bread. And I thought just just a half, I think, for today. Yeah, maybe. okay. So this is all buttered up. This is, this, is what, this is the kind of thing that I bring when I go on road trips, because I'm 
obsessed with eating. So, you gotta do, oh my God, what are these? <gasps> I've built the wrong crisps. <laughs> oh, they're baked. Whoa. No. What, have you though, or is that what, you know, that might be what our producer put in. No, this is fully this is me. What you did. Oh. oh no! I went to the supermarket and I just picked the one that was green instead of looking at the actual label. Well, let's try it. Let's okay. see. Baked. Oh no! I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> There's not many as well. Bloody hell! No wonder they're the healthy version. They only give you about five crisps to eat in it. This is rubbish. We'll see. We'll see what it's like. <laughs> okay. And then you can squash it. You've got to get the... Yeah, okay, yeah. I understand that. There's something about humans loving the crunch, yeah. isn't there? I'm just... And so before we start eating, um, I've really enjoyed learning more about your world and your life. Has, Thank um, you. How has it been for you? I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been lovely to see some of the places that... You know when you go past places and sometimes you do it every day, like, Going around like Bart Green and, and Alf Church, I do that mildly regularly because my family still live there. But then going through and actually thinking about the things that happened in those places, oh, it's so cute. It's so cute and it's so like, oh my God, why am I like literally tearing up a little bit? But it's just cute to look at where things are. You know what I mean? And have mm. a little bit of history behind them. What do you think's made you emotional? Um, I think it's just looking back and actually thinking about what I never realised how much, oh my God, stop. This okay. is ridiculous. Take your time. Um, how much food and people, and how the things I did when I was younger, I never really looked at them to be an influence, I suppose, but they are, and that's weird. And you've told some really compassionate stories about people who obviously mean an awful lot to you, and they've really moulded who you yeah, are today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's what it is, especially talking about my grandparents as well, because mm. they, my nan was a really big influence. Very lovely. And she enjoyed a crisp sandwich as well. Yeah. Just look at all of this sweet. And then being here as well, literally. Being in Vilston Market, eating a crisp sandwich, it's just lovely to think about it. And I think she'd be very shocked at what's yeah. happened. Yeah. All because she used to do a good Sunday roast. <laughs> anyway, here's the crunch. <laughs> it's still quite good, actually. Mm -mm. Mm. It is really good. <laughs> okay, I take it back. The baked crisps work. Thank you. Thanks so much to Poppy O'Toole for giving me such a great insight into her life. You can see exclusive footage of The Drive by heading to the Autotrader socials. Look at the episode page for links. You'll also be able to see the smart car that we drove around in and be in for a chance of actually winning it. Check out at Autotrader UK on Instagram to find out how to win the car. And if you're looking for a new vehicle, you can find your perfect match at autotrader.co.uk. This is a new show, and I'd love you to follow on your favourite podcast platform. Like what you hear? Rate and review, and make sure you tell your friends so you don't miss an episode. Show on the Road is a fresh air production for Autotrader. <laughs>